Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you. The BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. We will uh, begin our conversations this morning with Brian Walton. He covers the St. Louis Cardinals uh, for the CardinalNation.com. Cardinals two games behind the Brewers as they get set to play today. Cardinals uh, with a, a good win last night. We'll get into that coming up on the program and take a look at those Redbirds as they solidify themselves in this playoff race. At 11.05, we're going to cover the Big 12. Derek Duke works for Heartland College Sports, uh, the latest on the Big 12. Uh, on the eve of Big 12 uh, football media days. We'll talk to Derek Duke. And then we're switching things up today. David Kaplan normally joins us on Wednesdays, uh, but he'll uh, bump up to today due to Matt Rudy joining us in that time slot tomorrow from the British Open at St. Andrews. So Cappy today, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy. He will... Uh, join us at 11.30, Trent's Plays of the Day at uh, 11.50 or thereabouts before we get out of here just before noon. You had high school baseball last night. Sounded like a pretty good game. It was an excellent game as Valley wins it 3-1, moving on to the sub-state final against Waukee Northwest. Roosevelt, 27 wins this year, but comes up just short. Mm. It was uh, a game that it was a couple of plays here and there. Uh, Roosevelt out-hit them, mm-hmm. times out-pitched them, but... Brad Rose's son, Jeff Rose, a sophomore, really? got the start for yeah. Valley. He was really, really good out there. I've never seen an underclassman that has as good of a changeup as Jeff Rose. Wow. He not overpowering at this point in his career. He's going to add a couple of ticks a little bit later on, but certainly that changeup for for a sophomore, it is really, really impressive. And they'll get their shot against the team that I saw game one of the season <laughs> this year, Waukee Northwest, as the Wolves got him a couple of times out there, and that will be tomorrow night. A lot of great sub-state games Are you doing that game tomorrow? I'm going to bump over to Waukee High as Southeast Polk will be in town gotcha. for that sub-state final. Also, I have Ankeny Centennial. They'll be at Johnston and Dowling will play host to Linmar, Urbanale, Indianola. The five wow. local sub-state games coming up. That's a big tomorrow day night. tomorrow. Yeah. Going to uh, make some phone calls here this afternoon. See if we can get maybe a correspondent or two out there. Get a couple of updates <laughs> that. on the games going on. Do pull a little football Friday yes. night. Why wouldn't you? Uh, I'm sure they'll be. Yeah, I'm sure you'll have no problem doing that. Mm-hmm. If uh, well, that that that's good. So they'll just interrupt your broadcast or between innings, pop on and yeah. give a. That's a great idea, Trent. Look, it works wonderfully well it on does. Friday nights. Yeah. Not sure it would work every day during baseball season, right. but I mean tomorrow night's a pretty special night, right? You're a win away from punching your ticket to state. It's a really really fun evening. I've told you before, it's one of my favorite nights of broadcasting mm-hmm. sports. Is this night, and you're going to get a nice night weather wise by the sounds yeah. of things too. You know, we were sitting up last night at Valley myself and rush and the way that the valley baseball field sets you're out towards right field that's where the sun's going down and that press box it can bake up there but last night it was just absolutely perfect there was heat up there but not the sweat that sometimes you have up there it was a beautiful night for baseball just an absolute packed crowd and you know the baseball field over there right yeah, it's right by the high school yeah right by the high yeah. school and you got the outfield over there on ashworth where yeah. 
people don't pay their freight. They just come in, set up the mm-hmm. lawn chair out there in center and left field. There were tons of people really? there. Really? That's awesome. The stands were absolutely packed, and then up and down the left and right field lines, just people all over the place on that hill and out right field. There was a bunch of people out there under the trees. <laughs> Beautiful setting, great fan bases last night, and Valley gets it done as they move mm-hmm. on to the sub-state final. Now, did I see on Twitter, did uh, Roosevelt Runner get picked off third base? He did, yeah. He, was that a, oh, I mean, he's on third base, so obviously, was there a big spot in the game? It was. It was yeah. still scoreless at that time. Wow. and. You know, the kid made a turn. You do that. So the ball was knocked down by the shortstop. Looked like it was going to go into center field. He makes the turn. It wasn't a major turn. It wasn't that he overran it by a bunch. It's just kind of what you do. Uh-huh. Puts on the brakes. But it was a great play. I think it was the second baseman, Nuno, that made the play for Valley, that made the throw back to third. and just got him. And mm. it really changed the momentum right after that. An inning later is when Valley got their one big hit. Only two hits in the game. Isn't that something? The one, a three-run single that brought in all three in runs. In a tidy hour and 55 minutes? Or oh, how it wasn't long even it? that. Is it, that right? We were done by 825. Holy started, mackerel. in fact, at 657. So thanks to Andrew Downs for getting us on a couple minutes early yeah, last night. Thing. As uh, the, the umpires, they're ready to go. They're ready to get that thing started at 657 last night. Well, good stuff. So action tomorrow night, uh, 7, uh, 655. You yep. guys uh, rush working with you again tomorrow night? Yep. Good stuff. Uh, and then on to state, and when does that start? So Tuesday will be the quarterfinals. There will be four games that will be played that day. We're uh, working. We'll see what the bracket looks like when it comes out, either Wednesday night or Thursday morning, and kind of get our plans there. Semifinals on Thursday, and then the championship game will be on Friday night. Wow, and then you're on vacation. And then I come back, I do Monday with you, and then I am off to Gulf Shores. Skedaddling out of here. The Redneck Riviera. Oh, boy, I'm going to fit in well. I've never been. No. Uh, what, so where where do, where will you land? Fly into Pensacola. Okay. And then it's 45 minutes, something like yeah. that, that kind of drive over. So, yeah, fly in, got the rental van, got the minivan. Well, I hope you do get a minivan because, oh, yeah. you know, when you, you show up and it's not there. Right. And that can always um, <laughs> be, hit them, be a... Well, uh, we paid for a minivan, I'll well, tell you that I know, much. And they I, are I, not cheap. I know. Well, it. We did when, when uh, Cindy and our kids, my kids, were young. Uh-huh. We did the same thing and got to Orlando and, eh, sorry. Can you, we, got a, we got a Honda Civic. I don't remember what it was, but it was nowhere near it. Anyways, fingers crossed yes. that that'll work out for you. All right, uh, BMW Des Moines guest list, we get this. Uh, baseball was fun last night. Uh, the card boy, Michaelis, mm-hmm. he's so good. He just knows how to pitch. And he got in trouble in the first inning, and that was it. He just settled right down after that. And Dylan Carlson, my God, this guy defensively. Uh, I, I guess I wasn't uh, aware of his outfielding prowess like maybe I should have been. And maybe I just caught him on a good night. But boy, oh boy, he was he just jumped off your screen. He was terrific last night. And the Mets and the Braves, Trent, uh, that's where I want to start because... I don't know if there's a crew that even comes close as far as um, appeasing my ear when I'm when I'm watching a game and listening. To, look, Boog and JD are really good. Mm-hmm. Dan Schulman and whoever he's working with on Blue Jay games are really good. Um, but listening to Gary Cohn and and Ron Darling and Keith Hernandez, it is such a good listen. Uh, these three guys have been doing it for a long, long time, and obviously the two players, uh, very well decorated players. And Gary Cohn, he's just a pro. It's such a good listen. And that was a fun game last night. Really was. Scherzer was terrific. Uh, Freed, maybe an off night for him last night. I mean, he was out after the fifth inning, and he walked five guys. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to see that from him, but but boy, oh boy. Scherzer, who we talked about uh, at some point during the show yesterday, he, he was unbelievable. He really was. Struck out nine, but the, but the guy that 
that we have to talk about, and and maybe for the first time in the history of sports talk in Des Moines, Edwin Diaz. I know we we brought him up before, Trent. He has pitched thirty six innings, thirty six innings. He's averaging two strikeouts per inning. He wow. struck out seventy three batters in in thirty six innings. Uh, his last three appearances have been. All of them have been less than eleven pitches to take care of the uh, of the bottom of the ninth or the top of the ninth, mm-hmm. rather. Um, he's, there's a reason he's the all star closer, but my God, it's, I've never seen anything like that. Two strikeouts per inning. It's not, like, and this is like he's been on the mound three times, right? This is thirty six appearances for this cat. He came in with Seattle, Jumbo Diaz. Mm-hmm. He's not and, real, he's But he skinny. was good, but then he got bad, remember? Right, and he had that rough stretch. Uh-huh. And when the Mets got him, it was, eh, take a flyer, he's going to young arm. We'll see if we can kind of rejuvenate him. And, and taking it to this kind of level, 6'3", 165 oh. pounds. And he is Jeez. just absolutely unhittable on the back end. And that goes across baseball. You know how different it is of seeing these guys. And I know... For many people, starters not going deep. Well, there's a reason for it. We've talked about going twice through the order the third time. Yep. Any pitcher. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if it's Max Scherzer or a fifth starter for a team. Right. It is a huge, huge difference that third time around against a batting order. But seeing you know, what pitching has become in these back-end bullpen guys and how hard they throw, and not just the velocity, the sheer fastball velocity, but the movement that they get, the cutters that they get, those kind of movements that you see on these kind of pitches, it makes it incredibly difficult and you can see why we're happy to have 13 guys in, in our staff right mm-hmm. now our five starters and eight relievers because there are just so many good arms that can go out there and they can get you three outs they can get you three outs against any kind of lineup because of the velocity and the movement that they have on the pitches and diaz he's certainly at towards the top of that list well was it i don't i don't want to say it was the royals that maybe started this but you remember 2014 15 mm-hmm. 16 the they had the sixth seventh eighth and ninth inning looked after you yep. get started gets you through five We'll handle the rest. And for the most part, they did and, and went on to play in back-to-back World Series, winning one of them. Um, but, yeah, boy, this, this, this was unbelievable last night. All right, let's go to the Cardinals real quick. And I want to bounce around. A lot of ground to cover with you. I do want to get into the NFL a little bit because they came out with its list season, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're top 10 quarterbacks. And this, was, this is an ESPN's opinion. Apparently, they pulled 50 scouts slash current and former executives on to rank the quarterbacks uh, in, uh, in in the NFL. Uh, but the Cardinals last night mentioned Mike Liss uh, against that Phillies lineup. He gave up a home run in the first inning, and that Trent was essentially yeah. He gave scattered a couple more hits, but boy did he settle down and pitch just an incredible game. This Cardinals team, uh, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough. Do you still like them over the Brewers? I keep we were going both back there and forth three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Both teams have had opportunities to open it up. Yep. Currently, the Brewers are two games up in the in the standings, but there was opportunities for both of these teams. Both teams have had stretches where they haven't played yep. very well. It does feel like it's going to be nip-tuck right to the end. Well, right? I liked them better when I thought Flaherty was going to be a part of it. And did you see he got transferred to the 60-day yeah, DL? That's not good news. Yeah, not, that, not good news for him. A best-case scenario now is mm-hmm. he can ramp back up in the middle of August. Mm-hmm. But after what we saw, two starts, he was not effective nope. in those starts. You got to figure that. Fl- yep. Now, can you make him a bullpen arm? Can you go that route for the end of the season? Hey, we're not going to even look to try to stretch him out here. 
We're just going to see if well, he can do be they, Are they piece. active at the trade deadline? Do they bring over a pitcher? Oh, I'm if sure they do. If that's the case, then maybe. Yeah, I'm sure that would be the case. But you just look at it and say, hey, this is a lost season. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get Jack Flaherty. And even if Flaherty comes back and is okay, he's probably not in our plans for a playoff rotation just because he can't trust him, right? Wow, think about that. I mean, he's the ace of their staff. So if you get Flaherty in a guy that can become a one-inning reliever and uh-huh. with the shoulder problems that he had, that would maybe make some more sense. Is that even a realistic possibility? Next time we have Brian Walton on, probably a good question well, for him. 15 minutes, we'll ask him. Yeah. Uh, coming up here this morning. All right, so we'll get into that with Brian Walton. Uh, before we get to, to the NFL list, a couple of things. The uh, Big 12 expansion, uh, what, uh, what may or may not happen, we don't know. Uh, so this West Virginia blogger whose Twitter following's gone through the roof, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's um, absolutely convinced a lot of people that they are... That he has sources in this thing. I don't know if he was putting stuff out against the wall. I really don't. But his point yesterday was something that I think you got to kind of not just let this one go in one ear and out the other. And his point was regarding the Longhorn Network. And he thinks, well, he's been told that ESPN is willing to turn over the Longhorn Network, because they're not taking that to the SEC. Mm-hmm. If the long the Longhorn Network would become essentially a Big 12 network, and it would be the home of third-tier rights for the entire conference. So your Cyclones.tv goes away. The, well, the, to the, an extent, yes. For live events. For live events. Now, you would still have games on ESPN+. Plus. Okay. But you know on, on, on Saturday nights when there's a... Oh, the SEC Network's got Kentucky and Tennessee, and Vandy and Mississippi State don't have a home. Yeah, yeah. And that becomes SEC two or whatever right, you call yeah. it. So maybe this is maybe this is a home for a Kansas. I don't know. Fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Bottom feeder type of game during football, and maybe some, um, maybe some basketball during the season. But look, they've already got decent distribution. They're on Dish. Mm-hmm. They're on DirecTV. They're not here locally on MediaCom. Which why would they? Right. They're right. right exactly. Now. Yeah. Now. But if that did become reality, Absolutely. so they're they're this guy's thought. This guy's source told him that ESPN, if the Big Twelve is willing to let Texas and Oklahoma go at the end, uh, uh, say next year, right after this year's sports calendar, and do so without penalty. They would then sign over the Longhorn Network to the Big 12. And the Big 12 gets their own network. Interesting. Something they don't have. So the ESPN Plus is still a part of this. Uh huh. I think. So that doesn't go away. No. Nope. You still have that. What kind of games are then on it? I just, if you're still doing the ESPN Plus thing, it's a struggle for me. Because you're still going to have games on ESPN if you're the Big 12, mm-hmm. if you're going to maintain that relationship. You're maybe, still going to have it's, maybe it's other sports. Maybe it's maybe it's Big 12 baseball. Maybe there's a daily Big 12. There's a daily Big 12 radio show. Is there not on Sirius? Yes, yeah. Um, maybe maybe that's where some of the... Now, Chris Williams just left. Oh, we t- you're I connecting just, dots over well, there? Well, it just popped into my head. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think I can go there. <laughs> um, but it, I mean, how do you turn that down? If you're if you're getting a network dropped in your lap mm-hmm. for the for forgiving um, whatever the penalty is going to be to leave a year early, I think that would make some sense. 
what does it mean financially, though? Well, that's the question. And that's the bottom line. Um, Now, you have a ready-made network that mm -hmm. is already widely distributed. Right. And this, this, again, this is tier three. This isn't taking the place of you land on ESPN, you land with Fox. That that remains the same. This is a non-conference game with Kansas and Coastal Carolina. Right. Right. This is Iowa State in their week one matchup. Right. That's the game that we're talking about and Mm -hmm. kind of where these games would end up. I think... On the surface, it makes a whole lot of sense. One thing, kind of toe-to-toe with this, and speaking of that Longhorn Network, is figuring out, we saw and we've heard about the partnership maybe with the ACC and the Pac-12. Pac-12 stays together, or now the Pac-10 again mm-hmm. stays together, because ESPN, they don't want to completely lose the West Coast. No. And it's becoming more and more a possibility yeah, right. where ESPN and the Big Ten, they don't have a relationship or if it is, it's a very mm-hmm. minor relationship. We know Fox and FS1 and, and everything involved with that is going to be a big piece. And, of course, BTN, if it goes that direction, ESPN looks at it and says, look, we can't just say no to the whole left side of the country. Mm-hmm. We, and without USC and UCLA on your broadcast, we cannot just shut it down for college sports fans on that side of the country. So a partnership with the ACC and the ACC Network, more tonnage for that more carriage for the ACC network on the left coast. But I wonder if that's something else that is a possibility. Is ESPN right now, who is negotiating with the Pac-12, mm-hmm. if they say, we have this property that's going to become open. Your Pac-12 network didn't work. But what we have for you is something already made. It's already on the major carriers, DirecTV, and now we'll work to get them on So you think there might be a battle for the Longhorn Network type of... Very well could be, because Mm -hmm. like you said, it's not going with them to the SEC. That's over. The Longhorn Network is over. And and that was was part of the agreement Mm -hmm. when they decided to leave the Big 12. The the Longhorn Network stays where it is. And another reason that it's much easier for Texas, not just financially, to leave because they have a lot more money than Oklahoma, but it's also because of that network. Because ESPN still owes them money. It was a 20-year deal. Right. And basically, they could take that check, ESPN could write it, and they could pay the buyout fee to the Big 12 if it got to that point. Oklahoma obviously doesn't have that and have that kind of kind of rabbit in the back of their pocket right now where they right. can go out there. But don't you get that. the sense the Big 12 fans kind of have a uh, a lack of network envy? Big 10 network, ACC network, uh, SEC network. The Pac-12 didn't work, but mm-hmm. they still have it. The only one that didn't was the Big 12. You watch ACC network? I, I I do during football and occasionally during now not during the day right. by any means but when there's a game on yeah I do when there's a game on right sure. right but if I don't watch Big Ten Network during the day right absolutely when there's a game on so is like, there that much envy the game's still on but every all the conferences have a network except the Big Twelve now all of a sudden they got a network now all of a sudden they join the others I don't know they they would have the country covered mm-hmm. I mean look at the time zones that they are in right. now. Um, and and I don't know what that means as far as I would have to think that it would open up a whole much more ad revenue than just you know selling to Texas fans. Right. Yeah. You think it would open up in a bigger way? Mm-hmm. What's bigger, the Texas Longhorn fan base or these twelve Big mm-hmm. Twelve schools? Maybe the coaches shows. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. That that air in every local market mm-hmm. on Sunday nights at ten thirty or eleven, whatever yep. it is. Maybe they find a way of being. You can find programming. The conference call that happens every Monday there during football season, and huh? I think also basketball season Monday or Tuesday that those happen. Put those on. There, there's plenty of things that you can do that you can get programming on these networks, but it ultimately comes down to for all of this. It's the simplest equation. What do TV executives mm-hmm. think? What makes the most financial situation for them? 
Is the Pac-10 staying? Is that where we are? But the here and now, they're going to stick together. They're going to try. They're going. They're, to try. they're going to try. That that's their that's their best option to stay together. Are they now? The Big Twelve said the exact same thing, and they did. And, and they I did. didn't think that they would. Are they more in more solid footing right now than the Big Twelve was a year ago when things were blowing up? Because that thing felt like the wild wild west, and it wasn't just for what turned out to be what five days before things kind of started to simmer down, mm-hmm. going from the USC UCLA decision. So going back a year to where the, uh, remember where the Big Twelve was a year ago, and that was two, three, four weeks of just wild speculation. Now we were also involved a lot deeper. Remember that right. because of Iowa State, yeah. and maybe we were into it deeper because of that. Mm-hmm. But on the surface, it felt like that took a lot longer to figure everything out. Well, they said all the right things, but at the same time, my my take, I remember my take. Yep, they're 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 unified. They're 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 appearing together, but at the same time, if somebody calls, they're not. They're, of course, they're going to take the call. And the same thing for the Pac-10. Sure, the remaining members now, but those calls aren't coming. No, they're actually they're being made. Right. Phil Knight is reaching yeah. out every to every buddy that he knows, trying to find a place for his ducks to land. Not looking very good. It's not. For Phil. It's not. I mean, the SEC came out with a statement yesterday mm-hmm. and said they're good at sixteen. We don't want to expand any further than this. Um, we th- we think that the big. We heard Gary Barta say, that, you know, if it's Notre Dame, yeah, I will take their call. If mm-hmm. not, eh, we're really not interested. They're happy at sixteen. Happy Both at sixteen. Are happy at sixteen, and they're short at Notre Dame. There just isn't a home run out there. Do you, this goes back to a conversation last week. Do you think it's a one or the other? Survive, seeing that as the Pac-10 or the Big 14, or can, is there a place for four? Do they both survive? We know the SEC and the and the Big Ten are good, right? Yeah, they're fine. Do the does the Big 12 and the Pac? We'll still call it the Pac-12 because that's what they are for now. Do they both survive? Yes, in the interim. Mm-hmm. Yes, for the here and now until what happens next, July 1st when. USC and UCLA join or leave. Still the same. Because remember, it's two years of that. There's pl- two. 2024. 2024, right. 2023 next is year. when they yeah. come in. Yep. So, yeah, I think we have a, another one. And mm-hmm. because of the ACC and their television contract, there's not a whole lot of movement. Because of the Big 12 and their formation of these schools, they're schools that, frankly, just don't have a whole lot of love for the SEC and the Big 10. And because of that, I think we're good. If the Pac 10 stays together, we're going to stay in this fashion, and then it's those big picture. All right. So does ESPN offer the Pac-10, the Longhorn Network, because they own it? Absolutely. I, I. What would make more financial sense? What markets would make more financial sense? I, honestly, I think it's the Big Twelve because you got the whole country, the whole country. But are they programs that matter? Because Washington and Oregon are at the top of the list. Those are two teams that have made the college football playoff. Yep. And they're also from big markets. Mm-hmm. So it's Cincinnati. Yeah. And their stadium seats 30,000 people. No, I get it, but they still how, made it. How many, how many Cincinnati fans are there across the country? Well, that's a fair, that's a fair point. But the, the footprint, is what, what's, what's, what's more... Uh, what's more um, but I, I continue more. to hear it's all about streaming. It's all about streaming. That's what I always hear. Well, and I thought that that was the case, too. But when this thing came out there... You know what? It, it kind of stopped me in my tracks. It's like, okay, I could see this. 
If you're the Big 12, that would be a home run. I think it would. Getting your network, absolutely. Look, you know, you, you know Oklahoma and Texas are leaving. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's an awkward situation to begin with right now. It's like you've you know, you got the in-laws at the, at the, at the uh, uh, Christmas dinner table when you know that January the divorce is official, right? <laughs> it's awkward. It is awkward. Here's a consolation prize. Here's a go-to-way present. Mm-hmm. Here's our network. Do it with do with it what you will. I will. And speaking of the ESPN, last thing before we get to our break, and then we'll get back to baseball with Brian Wall. But give that one some thought. It's it's, it's mm-hmm. um, I, I I can see this. So, have you heard of uh, of a guy by the name of Barry Brennan? Barry Bremen, Bremer, Bremer is how you say it. Barry Bremer, Barry Bremer. I know Barry Block, but nope, I do not, not know him. Barry Bremer. So Barry Bremen, and there's an ESPN. 60 tonight. E60? Yeah, E60 or is it a 30 for 30? It's one of them. It's an ESPN production. At 6 o'clock, set your DVR. Okay. Because um, there's baseball going on. But this guy is known as the Great Imposter. Ah, this guy. This is the cat. And it start, and it debuts tonight at 6 o'clock on uh, ESPN. And this is the guy that made a, I don't know how to make a living out of it, but made a habit. Uh-huh. Of getting into some of the biggest events in sports in the 70s and the 80s. But it didn't stop at sports because he actually walked onto a stage to um, receive an Emmy Award <laughs> at an award <laughs> show. But he's he dresses up. He went as far as to dress up as a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader uh-huh. and got on the sidelines. He was at the World Series. He was in a layup line at an NBA All-Star game while wearing the uniform of the Kansas City Kings. He was a New York Yankee shagging balls until Tommy Lasorda busted him at one point. He played practice rounds with Fred Couples, uh, Oh, uh, two other golfers we've heard of, uh, Curtis Strange and Jay Haas. At the U.S. Open, he became part of their their foursome. This guy has got into everything and has and has become famous for it. He's on Johnny Carson. Uh-huh. He was on the Letterman Show, and tonight it debuts at six o'clock on ESPN. You're missing the biggest hook for me, though. Which is it? This imposter stuff's great. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. It's a fun story. He also has more than three dozen children. I didn't know that. He was a sperm donor. And these children of his yeah. found out and have all come together and have become friends and, of course, siblings. Yeah. But over three dozen <laughs> through sperm he donation. He sold his sperm. Uh-huh. He is the biological father of I over did, three no dozen idea. people. That is another hook to this one. And they're part of this. Pro- they're part of this tonight. Yes, largely told through Bremen's wife Margot and three children they raised, and yeah. the biological children Bremen never met. Oh yeah, this thing's going to be deeper. This is not just about the great <laughs> imposter. There is another layer to this one tonight. Well, now now I might tape the baseball and watch this live. I, God, I'm kind of the same way. <laughs> How intriguing is this? No, it's fascinating. I, I remember the story. I remember the stories of a mm-hmm. kid growing up in the 70s and 80s. I wouldn't have known his name, uh, but I do remember his yep. story because he became famous for these type of things. Not only that, Jeremy Schapp is a part of this, his father, the great Dick right. Schapp. Who helped him pull off one yes, of these pranks. absolutely. Yeah. And I uh, heard an interview just the other day with Jeremy Schapp talking about that and how Dick, you know, he, his dad liked to have his fingers on a couple of different businesses. Yeah. We've heard those stories in the sure. past from Bob Ryan and a few yeah. other people. Yeah. And 
yeah, Dick Chap, he was thinking maybe there's a financial way to uh, get involved here with this Bremen guy. There's, it's uh, it's the great imposter. It debuts tonight at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Um, if you got a chance, watch it live. If don't, set your VCR and watch it, you know, when you can't sleep or whatever. There's nothing on Sunday night. It's not Cubs. I mean, it's not Yankees, Red Sox, and it, <laughs> the game's over at, you know, 9 as opposed to a quarter to 11. Um, and you're looking for something to do. Normally, that time of the week, I'm watching Swamp People. Oh, yeah, you love your Swamp I People. I do love my Swamp People. I've probably got, I've got a VCR full of them. Anyways. DVR. A DVR. You're sounding old with your VCR talk. I had a VCR full of them in the past. You don't have a VCR I anymore, do you? Good. I had a Betamax. You did? I was the first one. You were the guy, huh? I was the first one in Winnipeg to have a Betamax. I've told the story before. I cashed a ticket for $11,990 cash. Whew. Had money in my socks. Each and every one of my pockets was completely full. Yeah. Uh, honestly. Even in hundreds. In, even in hundreds. That's a lot of money. Money in my socks. And I spent, I think it was $2,500 on a Betamax. <laughs> There was one place in Winnipeg, which is a big city, yeah. that I could go to get a tape that mm-hmm. I could record stuff on. Wow. Yeah. This is what year? 19? Did you buy any movies with it? No, I couldn't have it. Well, no, I don't think they no. sold them at the time. So it was just to Whatever record I could record, yeah. You know? mm. Anyways. $11,990. True story. Money in my socks underneath, the sole of my shoe. Oof. What a day that was. Were you a little nervous walking out? Not really. Um, Weren't any ruffians hanging around the Winnipeg I'm, racetrack? I, I'm not saying that that was the case, but um, I, I knew most of them anyways. We'll take <laughs> a time out. 10.30. Come back. Brian Walton, Cardinals conversation coming up next. A Big 12 conversation with Derek Duke. And then uh, Cappy will join us at 11.30. Miller and Condon underway on Tuesday. I don't have the keyword. Yes, I do, Trent. Uh, beg your pardon. Or over on the other portion of my desktop here. Time for another $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com and enter this nationwide keyword. It is check, check at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Check at KXNO.com. 1030, Brian Walton, next Miller and Con. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. London, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3U.com. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 106.3 KXNO, here's Ken and Trent. All right, 1035, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Time to talk some Cardinal baseball. Cardinals with a big win last night over the Phillies. Uh, Michaelis was terrific in that game as he settles in. Let's get Brian Walton, the CardinalNation.com. He joins us. Uh, Brian, Trent, Ken, thanks for coming on, Brian Walton. How's things? Well, not too bad. I, the St. Louis Cardinals, on the other hand, aren't playing real good baseball right now, 3-8 and eight this month, and uh, you know they need to make up some ground on the Brewers, but they haven't been able to do it lately. No, and they lose Flaherty, and um, you know that's not good. Look, we'll get to that in a second. Here's where I want to start with you, though, Brian. I've been watching Cardinal baseball, as I know a lot of folks here in the Midwest have, and I've seen this, you know, this shiny new building that's kind of overtaking the skyline in St. Louis. I thought it was a hotel at, at, at first. 
Um, but it's one cardinal way, and apparently the cardinals own a significant part of that brand new building that has to provide a view of Bush Stadium, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. The whole there's been this whole revitalization of the area around uh, Bush Stadium that that began with Ballpark Village, right. and the idea is that there would be a multi-phase development. First, they started off with the the retail and the shopping. Uh, you know, restaurants, that type of thing. But then now, uh, apartments. One Cardinal Way is a you know a huge apartment building, yep. and you know those just like a lot of teams we see it around Wrigleyville, uh, you know, in Boston. Teams you know buy up this real estate, and those are completely separate from the baseball books, so they don't have to share the profits for, with the other mm-hmm. Major League Baseball teams, and they don't have to share it with the players either. That makes some sense. So, uh, and this is open now, Brian. Do you know? I know it's under construction, and they're, they've been selling. You know, they've been selling, but I'm not sure of the actual timing of of, uh, of when it opens. But I mean, there are wow. there are um, uh, you know videos of what you can see is you know what the units look like and that type of thing. I believe they they are available. Yeah, yeah. You and know, I'm looking a, at it's not it right. Only condos, but also rental uh, properties. Right, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, July 15th is move-in day. So yeah, pretty cool. I'd seen it. I'd seen it. I didn't know what it was, and somebody uh, sent me that uh, uh, that link yesterday. Well, it's summertime, Brian, and a lot of people listening maybe thinking about making that trip down to St. Louis for the summer or got plans. What would you say? You know, Ballpark Village, the first time I was there, boy, five, six, seven years ago now, compared to what Bush was, it's just oh, a, a completely yeah. different experience. What would you say? Somebody making their first trip or their first trip in a number of years down there, give us a lay of the land. What would you say for somebody just going down for a game sometime this summer? I- I think the most important thing, Trent, is to is to bargain uh, or or allocate several hours to see the Cardinals Museum and Hall of Fame. Uh, it's one of the better museums. You know, for a number of years, when they were transitioning from the old stadium to the new stadium, uh, they the, the museum was closed, and the Cardinals have the largest team set of artifacts of any team in baseball. Huh. You would expect that given their long history. Um, and so the Cardinals, it's in Ballpark Village, right across the street. There's also a number of restaurants right there. But you know, seeing the exhibits and you know, getting I mean. You can you can actually swing one of Stan Musial's bats. Nice. I mean, it's there's just a lot of cool things there to do for those who you know care about the history of the Cardinals. I, I did not know that, Brian. Um, that 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 would be yeah. That's a, that's a must stop. Uh, and as you mentioned, I mean, it's it's downtown St. Louis. There's so many hotels right within walking distance. Right. It's 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 a great venue. It really is. So let's get Absolutely. to a lot of you know a lot of bars. Uh, yep. you know, a lot of again restaurants. The other thing I wanted to mention is that this year attendance is a little bit soft, and so there's some really good specials out there. I saw last week $4.50 tickets midweek. So, you know, fans really? who want to, you know, who are concerned about the cost of going to a game, you know, there are some pretty good ticket deals out there to be found right now. No, no, no doubt about it. That's usually a really tough ticket. That surprises me, Brian. Uh, let's get to uh, let's get to last night. Michaelis was terrific. You know who was, was, uh, caught my attention watching him play last night? Uh, Dylan Carlson, not only with a bat in his hand, I I knew he's a nice player, but defensively, Brian, he's every time I watch this guy over the last couple of weeks since he's been back in the lineup anyways, he's making more plays in the outfield from his center field position, throwing out guys, twisting his body around, making a perfect throw to second base uh, to get to Bohm, who I think broke his wrist or his hand or something. That was bad. Uh, but boy, yeah, Carlson can play. You said it a million times, Ken. You don't slide. You yeah, don't right, slide right. head first, head first. Right. Uh, but Carlson, uh, he's better defensively than I thought he was. Yeah, Dylan Carlson, you know, 
young, still very young player in terms of age. And, you know, it takes some time for guys to get established in the major leagues. And, you know, Carlson had some injuries this year. He was really, he had a terrible, terrible first month. April is April's terrible. But since then, he started to play well. Then he was injured and he had to sit out. You know, he's still got a knee problem right now. So to see him play, you know, the way he has in the outfield, you know, is very encouraging for his future. And, also, it raises some questions about whether Harrison Bader could be expendable in trade. Now, mm. the problem is Bader has a, a case of plantar fasciitis, which is a very painful foot injury, and so he's not available right now. But, you know, in a, in a world where everybody was healthy, you look at a younger, cheaper Dylan Carlson, and you say, you know, maybe Harrison Bader's the guy they could afford to let go for their major need, which is pitching. Jack Flaherty, we've talked a lot about this, a lot this year, and Again, after the three starts, eight innings, he is shut down, got transferred to the 60-day mm. IL. Doesn't look good. So I just came up with the cockamamie theory. Ken and I were talking at the beginning of the show. Could he come back? Look, stretching him out at that point, which is what, late August? Stretching him out to become a Jack Flaherty and a playoff pitcher might be a stretch. Could they make him a bullpen arm? Could he be a guy that could help them out sixth, seventh, eighth inning come playoff time? Is that even a realistic possibility for Flaherty, or is this just a completely lost season? Frankly, I think that's a more realistic possibility than expecting him to be able to start and pitch six or seven innings, given mm-hmm. you know what his injury situation has been. I mean, shoulder problems don't just go away. Right. That's obviously a lingering concern. And you know, the last time that Flaherty's been able to pitch extended innings successfully was back to 2019. So, yeah, I think if you know, right now, a lot of Cardinals fans, myself included, are, are you know, anything you might get from Jack Flaherty would be a bonus. At this point, you can't you can't expect he's going to be able to do anything this year. He more is just looking forward to 2023 and saying, you know, can they find some way to get him healthy so that he could pitch 180 or 200 innings again? You mentioned the fact that uh, maybe Bader is expendable and will be a a trading uh, for somebody who wants um, to give up pitching and and would take Bader. What are they looking for? Who is out there? I mean, Wainwright Michaelis at the top um, of that rotation, clearly good, but you're right. They they need another starter. Uh, Realistically, who could they go after? Well, the challenge for the Cardinals is that, you know, there are many more teams searching for pitching than are ones that are willing to sell it. And the names we read about, Montas in Oakland, uh, Luis Castillo, Molly, uh, two out of those three have been injured recently. And, you know, Luis Castillo of the, of the Reds might be the, the best pitcher potentially available, but it's going to be difficult to pull off a trade within your own division because right. the last thing Reds fans want to see is Luis Castillo rubbing the trade in their nose, you know, every time they play the Cardinals. So, you know, the Cardinals are in a tough situation because they're in, uh, you know, they're in a seller's market right now, or uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, seller's market. And, you know, they're, they're buyers trying to fight with a lot of people. And the of course, the, if you're another team and you call up the Cardinals, the first name out of your mouth is going to be Jordan Walker. The second name out of your mouth is going to be Mason Wynn. And these are just young players that the Cardinals you know, don't want to give up. Good stuff right there. All right, Albert Pujols. He's on the commissioner list. He gets an all-star entry, him along with Miguel Cabrera, which will be a cool moment, mm-hmm. certainly even just hearing their names called, even if they don't get into the game. But then an announcement that was supposed to happen later this week Cats out of the bag as the Post-Dispatch got the news that Albert Pujols is going to be competing in the Home Run Derby. That's going to be awesome in its own right, too. Maybe. They only, they, it's only half full track. Right. They I can't mean, get anybody to participate. Suddenly, Pujols is in there. He didn't seem happy, though, that this news got out. He was wanting to do something mm, really? different. He sounded very frustrated from the clip I heard last night. Well, you know, it's a, it's a nice opportunity for fans in uh, Los Angeles, you know, where, of course, Pujols yeah. played last year, to, you know, help wish him 
farewell. I'm sure he'll get a pinch hit appearance in the game, as will Miguel, Miguel Cabrera of the Tigers on, on the other dugout. And, you know, it's a nice opportunity for, you know, for folks to recognize his career. I think it's a nice thing the commissioner did to create these two extra spots. And, you know, maybe in the home run derby, you know, Pools can get a uh, batting practice pitcher he's familiar with, probably mm-hmm. somebody throws from the left side. And, uh, you know, he'll hit a few out and he'll get some cheers for the fans. It's an exhibition. It's a fun thing. Why not? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm glad he's doing it. Uh, really, I mean, you know what? He's swinging the bat pretty well right now, Brian. He's uh, it was three for four the other night. Uh, they they took him out. Uh, what was it, the eighth inning after after he got on? The guy who came in and ran for him, I believe he scored. Uh, but uh, it seems like Poolhouse is is on an upswing right now. Who's the best team uh, that you've seen in the National League? Is is it the Dodgers or might it be a team that resides in the East? No, no, I think I think the Dodgers are the class. I mean, they not only have the the results this year, but they have the track record that you know that you would expect to see from a championship club. The Dodgers are consistent winners. They're consistent winners this year. They have the best record in the National League right now, uh, and I, you know, they're they're the team to beat. And you know, the Cardinals obviously just came off a number of games with one of those teams in the East, the Phillies. And uh, a lot of folks haven't paid attention to the fact that the Cardinals lost that series head to head. Uh, three games to four. And what that means is that if those two teams tie, uh, the Phillies will have the edge in the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. And as of right now today, uh, the Phillies would get that final playoff spot and the Cardinals would be out. Now, mm-hmm. of course, a lot's going to change in the next couple months. A couple of injury updates. We mentioned Flaherty to the 60-day IL. Not the case for Yadi Molina. They kept him on the 10-day uh, with that stint. It would have put him back to late August. The possibility of a return how close we are for Yadi and also Paul DeYoung, who's uh, down on the farm right now. Yeah, Yadi or Molina, it's a case where we don't have a lot of information, but uh, you know, he suffered an injury, went back home to Puerto Rico to, to rehab, didn't stay with the team, and as weeks have marched on, you know, there's not a lot of information about where he is right now. And you'd just think that a guy with his value on the field as well, off the field as well as on the field, you know, a number of folks, including even Adam Wainwright, one of his best friends on the team, have said, hey, you know, we'd really like you here with us. So far, we haven't seen Molina rejoin the team, and so there's no real idea if and when he can join. Uh, President of Baseball Ops John Mozeliak has actually said that one of the things that the team wants to do here at the trade deadline is look to see if they can find an offensive-oriented catcher to add to the roster. Now, maybe that was partially a wake-up call to Molina to say, you know, get yourself in shape and get in here to work. Don't know. Brian Walton, the CardinalNation.com. Cardinals Dodgers for three before they finish up uh, with Cincinnati heading into the All-Star break. Brian, thanks for doing this. The CardinalNation.com as we can read. Brian, visit his site and check everything out over there if you're a St. Louis Cardinal baseball fan. Brian, thank you. Talk to you next time. Yes, indeed. Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com, as we catch up on the Redbirds. Take a time out. Again, if you missed it, the keyword in hour number one is check. Check at uh, kxno.com. Another keyword coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Time. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller taking you until noon. Mentioned uh, Albert Pujols in the uh, home run derby. Having trouble filling spots. It's tough. We've seen so many guys. Bobby Abreu, I remember that in ridiculous run. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, he was brutal. It completely changed him. Yes. His swing pattern was completely different. I remember reading an article about that and just how different his swing was. Guys are staying away. 
they've got four guys right now, and one of them is Albert Pujols. Do you have to change the structure? I just is wonder if it's run its course. Endurance, I still love it. Yeah, I still enjoy it. I really. It's a do. standalone on Monday night. Right. There's nothing else in the sports world exactly except ping pong. From what do you? What did Russian, you bet? Yeah. Russian ping pong. And it wasn't <laughs> even like professional league. It was like guys playing at YMCA. <laughs> it's awful. One eight hundred bets off. Oh boy, I needed it after that. Uh, Pete Alonso is in it. Juan Soto is in it. Albert Pujols is in it. And Ronald Acuna is in it. But there's eight spots, and they only got four guys. Just what do you, what do you do? Do you put a pitcher in there? Do you? I don't know. You, you got to fill it up. Madison Bumgarner. Hey, you get a special exemption. You can come and you can be in the home run derby. Do you do just that, or do you make this young guys? Young guys that have like the been. prospects game, something like that. No, young guys that are in the major leagues. Okay. But well, they got young guys in the major leagues, Cody and Soto. But guys that aren't all stars. Gotcha. And put them in, give them an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And hey, here's your all star experience. And who knows if you're going to make it, but you get to come, you get to hang out, you get to hang out in the dugout, whatever it is. You get to stick around mm-hmm. for your team, but you got to do something, right? Well, they've got four hours of TV <laughs> you yes. marked, or three, whatever it is, on Monday night. Uh, we shall see. Uh, you t- you alerted me to this during the break that apparently the lawyers are getting involved in the Pac-12. Cal is now, well, the Cal regents are meeting uh, later on this week, and apparently litigation is being uh, is on the agenda pursuant to UCLA leaving for the Big Ten and not bringing Cal with them because. Right. They're all part of the University of California system. Is that what they yes. call it? It's, it's like it's, UC Riverside, UC Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. UCLA. UC San Diego, San Francisco, Santa Barbara, Santa Cruz, bunch of schools. So this is, there's two systems. Here in the state, we have one. We have our region schools, which are Iowa, Iowa State, and mm-hmm. UNI. In Cal, California, they have two. The UC system, which is the highfalutin. The higher academic, of course, Cal, UCLA being a part of that. I think most people know those institutions and how good they are. And then there's the other. That's the Cal State system. That is Cal State Fullerton. Cal State, the other schools that don't have the same Fog up, Amir will take you. Yes. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's what it is. So these are the high academic standard places. These are the places that are very surprised and disappointed. I mean, think Cal in all this. California. The Golden Bears, Mm -hmm. top five media market, great academic school. You're checking big boxes, and they are a non-starter for the Big Ten, for expansion. Didn't they just uh, uh, earmark a ton of money to – I know Oregon State is – they imploded their stadium, or at least one side of it, like recently. (laughs) Honestly, Trent. And they are – Nothing, right? Mm-hmm. They are just, nobody cares about them. No. Nobody, this is a $4.8 billion endowment at Cal Berkeley. Jeez. Nobody cares. No. Because they haven't been good in sports uh-uh. lately. They haven't. Sorry. We don't got they're time left, for They're you. left behind. So how, how does this work out? I mean, UCLA had to see this coming, right? Well, is this going to be what we've seen a lot in the past? Oklahoma leaves, Oklahoma State, they get butt hurt and they try to do everything, mm-hmm. but ultimately nothing right. happens. It, I think that's probably. We are told Kansas can't leave without taking K State, which is a nice thing right. to say, but the likelihood of that actually being true. But if you're a region and you're going to tell one of your state universities, "Sorry, that financial windfall, which will make you financially viable, and we don't have to pay any money for you and your athletic department anymore." Because their athletic department, UCLA's, is broke. Sorry, you can't go. Right. It just doesn't work that way. Uh-huh. 
You want to be the one standing in the way of that, and now you're going to be footing the bill, and you're going to have scholarships cut, and you're going to have sports Mm. cut, and on and on and on. You just can't do that. And that's, again, living in reality. The reality is the Regents at Cal right now, they can beat their chest and say this is terrible for the other, for Cal being left behind. But the reality is you have now someone that is financially in solid ground with UCLA you have to let them go. No, you do, and uh, that certainly opens up the door to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> I mean, come on. Who doesn't want to go see your school, whatever your Big Ten school is, uh, play UCLA on the road, right? I mean, that's that's bucket list. And it happens probably, what, once every eight years during the rotation, whatever something like that? If you're going to be there, Trent, it's one of the one of the highlights of my, of my sporting life. We're seeing, I have two of them. Well, I got more than two. Churchill Downs, mm-hmm. Wrigley, Fenway Park, and the Rose Bowl. Those, those were the, the four. List. That's yeah, your Yankee Sta- That was mine. Yeah. Oh, you, you, Yankee Stadium, the original was close, but it was it was a notch below. You ruined the Mount Rushmore. We were going to do it for the first time this summer. Because no, you had four initially. I did, didn't I? But those were my four, and I got I checked every single box. But when Iowa got to the Rose Bowl, Trent was on the highlights. Maybe maybe the highlight of my career. Just That got crushed. Oh, yes. Uh, but, but just seeing it, right? It was an amazing experience. It was just to walk in and just mm-hmm. to see the... Oh, my God, it's beautiful. And then I ended up drinking a lot of Coors Light trying to oh, I forget. I left at halftime. Well, you are in the press box. I was down in the stands. <laughs> left at halftime and got back to the hotel and sat in the hotel bar and drank Stella. And it was beautiful. Game didn't turn out well. Anyways, no. hour number two. Uh, we'll get into the Big 12 with Derek Duke. Covers that conference for uh, Heartland College Sports. And then Cappy's going to join us today, not tomorrow. He'll be here today at 11.30, because tomorrow at 11.30, we'll be at St. Andrews with our friend Matt Rudy from Golf Digest. Miller and Condon, Hour 2 comes up next on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.